Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Kashif Booth podcast. If you're new here each week, I sit down with a guest and we discuss their career so far, the highs, the lows and what's next for them. Today's guest is Thomas Duvernay. We went, we met back in 2019 at the Black Web Fest, where my short film Black, Black Man Stand was screened and his film, which he directed and produced called Greed, was also screened. So good to have you on the show, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I acted in it too, bro. Oh yeah, sorry, team, my so. bad, my bad. See, he's a triple threat out there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's he's Bro. a triple threat. You know, he even has an issue with us Brits as well. We had a little debate, I remember, back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. But we'll yeah. get into that later. So, <laughs> so welcome to the show. As I said, we met in 2019 and there was a a bunch of us who kind of all connected and got on really well. There was uh, Kate Dia, I don't know if you remember her. She had her web series, uh, Leah the Late Bloomer. And right, 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 right. On the first season of my podcast, where it was all about black women in film and TV. And I've also recently nice. interviewed uh, Jason Pierre and Stephen, who both like Jason had that film called um, Existential Donut. I don't know if you remember it was like right, 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 right. I remember, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember. And then there was Stephen's film where it was about his um his wife who Stephen Pierre, Saint Pierre, yeah, 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 yeah. His My wife was yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, and his wife is um she was a drug addict. So I've had him on as well. So like all of us got in really well. Cool. So I thought, okay, season two. Oh damn, you had them before me. That's crazy. <laughs> well, somebody's very <laughs> like, I've been trying to like connect and like you just were taking very long. So. I feel you. Well, we all kind of got really well and I thought okay when I'm doing season two I'm so busy so I was like okay it'll be easier because it's over zoom I can get all my US contacts and chat to you guys first so yeah so you guys are like the early parts of season two so it's good to have you have you on cool man cool cool yeah so like tell us about you uh Thomas like how did you get into like directing and acting and producing like your triple threats how did you get started uh, well, I'm an actor first, so like I studied acting for like t- ten years ago while I was in college. Um, I did like a semester in American Dramatic, uh, American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and then while I was in college, one of my professors told me about HD Studio, and I did like a core program as soon as I graduated, and from there I've been taking it pretty serious. And uh, with the filmmaking, I've always been like a film buff. So like, I was always that guy that was like watching Criterion films, like all the classics, and finally got an opportunity to direct my first short film, which you saw was Greed. And that was a fun experience for sure. So yeah, and I'm still doing it right now. I'm like writing short films, trying to get better at being behind the camera, learning more about, you know, what it's like to be a director and be a very a good producer because that's like a, your bro that's a headache in itself i mean you know mm-hmm. well that's cool that's cool because like as an actor are you doing this because okay you want to be able to start or make, have the roles that you want to be in to be able to like put out there is that the main reason why you got into it or it just kind of fell into it that's the good yeah uh yeah i, I like the creative control Cause a lot of times when you are like in somebody else's project, you can't control how they push it or how they uh, package the, uh, the film. I'm such a creative head cause I do visual arts as well. So I have ideas for a poster or a poster or how the trailer should go. So it definitely gave me that power to just be the master of my own fate kind of thing. 
No, that's true. That's good that yeah. you are doing that because I always say to actors who I work with that you should learn the industry, understand the business of the industry because no one's going to give you a role. Like there's hundreds of people going after the same yeah. role that you're auditioning for. And, you know, when we take away race and gender and all that stuff in terms of this industry, everyone's always looking for that big break you know they're looking for that one break but at the same time if you're creating your own content then you're already putting yourself in a better position to get to where you want to be everyone uses Issa Rae as an example because yes she did that she wrote she produced she did what she had to do to now be where she is now so it's always good to uh to just hear that and you've got to understand it because you want to make sure that you are giving your best as an artist because we are all artists and so when you are acting or doing someone else's stuff it's their vision so you just kind of have to go along with it regardless and so when it's yeah exactly there's only there's only but so much you can control yeah like i did this program like two weeks ago and it was a a a very it's a beautiful program where you got a bunch of filmmakers you got a bunch of actors and we're trying to do like 26 short films in two weeks so they have each actors in two short films and so when the films were finished screening, like, well, even after the shoot was over, I realized like, damn, like, it's really up to the director now to just do what the fuck he wants to do with the film. Like, I can't tell him, use this bit or use this part of the, the, the scene or whatever. So it's definitely a lot of trust. And I know for a lot of creatives, that's a hard thing for them to just let go of. But yeah, having that control. But, but I will say this too, filmmaking is like a passion of mine like for sure it's not just a creative control thing but it's also mm-hmm. like my eye is definitely I have a director's eye so to speak so I enjoy that process as well you made a good point because like where you said that you know you're leaving it to the director to then like okay you're putting all your faith in them to kind of get your vision across with me right, as yeah. being like a creative producer my process is particularly the audiences have probably heard this already is that I come up with concepts and ideas then I'm able to get a writer or do it through writers rooms then I write a treatment to be able to get the director that I want who matches that style so I'm telling the director look this is what I want can you do it do you get it then if they say yes and they we're we're vibing and it's like okay yeah I you understand the aesthetic that I want cool then I trust you to be able to get it that's the only way it's worked for me I mean you have trial and error you interview people if they get it they don't but you kind of searching so that's kind of the creative I would say the freedom I've been able to have with that as well because I've not really pretend like to a certain degree I've not really handed over my projects to directors to do I've even just directed it myself to it and stuff but now because I'm I don't really class myself as a director but I want to be able to work with certain level of people who understand what I want so yeah right and and part of it is like I'm sure for you in your situation Mm -hmm. you have to have an eye of like what like what a good director is in terms of like how he breaks down the script Mm -hmm. how he tells a story you know what I mean so that's a lesson in itself so Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of like been the wave I've been on recently just Mm -hmm. getting better at that Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so with you as a actor and filmmaker what is your aesthetic and style like what do you kind of want to make because greed was quite different to what I've seen it was like a drama film but then touched on you know 
life lessons about greed and stuff and it was, right 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 it, it wasn't funny but it was also for me i have dark humor so for, same here bro yeah yeah so i have dark yeah yeah humor. UK, so, uk people got a lot of dark <laughs> yeah. humor for sure i think that's why i fuck with you guys <laughs> yeah. exactly but like but greed if, i'm not gonna go too much into it but because of the ending of greed was quite dark and i found it funny because you know if you didn't have greed then yeah. you would have been able to live your life but right, so right. like what kind of stuff do you want to make or what are you writing because you said you're writing a short at the moment so what is it you yeah want, what kind of roles are you going after and stuff i i like the gritty dark comedy type of type of uh type of stories like I've always been a fan of like the Midnight Cowboys, the Taxi Drivers. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's just about finding those type of stories and connecting it with the Black experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the short I'm working on now, it's definitely like like a character study. It touches on mental illness. So yeah, it, it, it has that grittiness, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I would say a lot of dark shit. Black Mirror is one of my favorite shows. I love that. Um, Ozark. What else? It, it, it depends. It depends. But dark comedy for sure is where I'm at right now. We need more of it. I mean, there's a lot like, obviously, I mean, I wouldn't say uh, Jordan Peele's work is dark humor, but at the same time, it, it depends on how you resonate with his content. So with Get Out, for example, right. you know, Laurel, Little Laurel, that's his name, can't remember. In it, he was hilarious because you know he was talking definitely from the experience of a black person. Like you know, he right, told you right. why are you going up with all those white girls, like yeah. to the white girls' family, and look what happened. Exactly. And, you know, and we all, as black people, I mean, we all jokingly say that. I mean, you go to, you go too far out of England, we're like spot the black person because yeah, right, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. Only London, right. wait, only London, Birmingham. Manchester and maybe an area called Bristol are very diverse. Other everywhere else, you're like, okay, where are we? Where are you trying to look for yourself? Uh, So yeah, so we can relate to the same kind of thing. So you know, it's about it would would be really good to see more black people in those spaces with the black sci-fi and stuff because you know you had that science fiction is definitely something that Mm -hmm. I want to like explore in the future. But as of right now, it's definitely grounded in like everyday. Mm-hmm. outcast type of uh narratives okay if that makes sense mm-hmm. that makes sense that's really cool that's really cool it's good to hear because you know we kind of want to diversify uh the content um because like with us in the uk like we don't really have that community of or not community but not really that creative space to be able to take risks or be able to have different type of content. really no we don't so a lot of the time it's like the content which is commissioned is very uh repetitive so we'll have like films or shows which are commissioned which are just about struggle and pain or we grow up in like the hood for example like that's literally got you, got you, got um, you, i don't know if you've you. seen it is on netflix but we've got top boy on netflix and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, is, is that the one with drake drake's behind that right yeah 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 but what you guys don't know is that's a reboot so there was there was two seasons which aired in the uk and then drake got loved you. it and then it got picked up and rebooted for Netflix. Oh, so, you need man. You just need Drake to fucking post <laughs> Well, man. you know, Drake, Drake is like he's like a cousin, you know. He comes over here and he starts speaking all right. UK slang. Yeah. So. Can, I mean he can be anybody these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? I exactly. feel you. Exactly. But, and we have a lot. So what happened when he got on board? 
well he kind of revived it you know his production oh, well okay. he was able to revive it and then i think lebron james's production company were the one who actually produced it as well so there was a mixture wow. of uh u.s directors and uk directors like directing it and they've just wrapped the new season recently actually so we have a lot of that content which is just like top with top boys brilliant we love it but at the same time that's literally it you may have heard of chewing gum mm. with michaela cole like that was like okay a little branch to open up the doors to be able to like have more content out there but then she killed it with i may destroy you but it's like it's not until you get to a certain level where they want to take the risk for you to ah yeah them. yeah that's yeah. for sure that's for sure because there's money involved important. right yeah, but they don't because they don't really have faith in it. I've been to loads of like diversity talks in the UK and they say, well, if they don't know this certain amount of black people are going to watch it, they're not going to commission it. But there's only 3% right. black people in this country. So yeah, of course, it's going to be like 1.2 million right. people tuning in. Right. So if everybody loves Fresh Prince, everybody loves Cosby and right. Martin and all that stuff. We watched that over here. We love it. So there's no reason why you can't. We had a show called The Desmonds, which was set in right. like, um, it was, they weren't Jamaican. I think they were Bayesian. I think they were Bayesian, but it was set like in a barber shop. That's the only black family kind of show we've ever had. And so we gotcha. kind of, so we can't even take that risk. But in America, you guys, like, you're so far ahead. So that's why. So that's why y'all keep coming to America. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's why I, I went to, you. you know, I went to educate wow. you. Because, guys, Here we I had, am. like, a debate. Here I am. Already, like, <laughs> <That's> beefing. <why. laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So I went to educate Damn. you. That's why we come. That's why we come. That's what there. this interview is about. Really? Okay, I got you. <laughs> I, well, I just want to drop that in there you know that's why I dropped that in there because like that's what it is so when you see loads of black Brits there like I, I understand the debate and I understand the conversation because like with the controversy with um, Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton I understood why people would be annoyed because he right, was playing right. a black um, African-American historical figure so I understood that I would be annoyed if an American was playing a black British historical figure. I got that because I, I agreed like, yeah, it should have been an American. But when it comes to like right. any everyday role, it could be anyone. I mean, I just feel like, because it's acting at the end of the day and- It is know, acting, yeah. Yeah, but then like, let's keep it real. Tay Diggs in She's Gotta Have It when he played that Jamaican, that accent wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, we're in a different place right now where there's so many talented actors who come from all types of, you know, they come from different part of the black experience and they can play, I, I'm Haitian, so I can play a, a, a Haitian character. It would make sense to get a Haitian actor to play that role because mm -hmm. they know what it takes to play that role authentically. But at the same time, it is acting. Cause you know, when I look at Daniel Kaluuya, I was even watching Snowfall with uh, Damson Idris. Mm -hmm. You can say whatever you want to say about them, but they're still doing the work. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, I'm still floored at like, Damson Idris isn't really from California. He's playing that as if he was raised in Inglewood and Compton or something. Like, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there is that dialogue, but at the same time, there is a lot of talented American actors out there who, mm -hmm. who, 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 you know, they're waiting for that shot. They have, you know, they have something to prove, and they're well trained as well. Of course. So it's yeah. it's 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 interesting, but my thing is, it's about taking that control. It's about mm -hmm. creatively empowering yourself so that you're not waiting for somebody else to give you that opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's more work on us, but 
it, it puts you in a position where you're not complaining. Instead, yeah. you're making it happen. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I guess it's an on, ongoing debate, but, you know. Yeah, but I, you know, I always feel like I feel like it's divisive between us because we should not even be talking about this. There's so many white yeah. Australians, it, white Britons. It's like people. the crab in the barrel mentality, yeah. really. If you think about it, yeah. you know, there's loads. But you don't hear the white people um, in the in the film and TV industry complaining about the Australians coming and taking all the roles or the white Brits. Yeah, um, yeah. Like they're just there. Like they're just there because they have so listen. much. But that's mm-hmm. the thing, though. They have so much material. They have so many people working behind the scenes to produce mm-hmm. whatever it is that they need to produce yeah we don't have as much lens to occupy if that makes sense so yeah when that p- one person gets an opportunity it's probably taking food away from yeah. hundreds of people waiting online but the, mm-hmm. the mentality people have to have is like why are we waiting online to begin with why don't we just create our own lanes so to speak so yeah it's like they're not gonna give it to us bro like that's yeah. why you know you, you got to produce, you got to direct, you got to yeah. be behind the scenes. You got to educate yourself on what it takes to run a crew and, and write and make shit happen. So, yeah, but it's, all, it's also always a good discussion because like for me, I'm not offended by anyone saying what they're saying because it's like, I understand your point yeah, of view. Yeah. at the same time what people it's such a global industry it's such a global industry yeah exactly. Of, like, and exactly. it's not even to like you know the stereotypes that people have like of Af- americans is that oh you know they don't know anything about the rest of the world but you wouldn't know essentially you wouldn't know that us brits grew up watching all of the shows you guys love so we saw our representation in you guys because we didn't have right like, we didn't have Moesha. We didn't have a sister, sister. We didn't have any right, right. and Carl. We love all that because we saw ourselves in that, you know, because we never, I can't think of any, there's like one maybe black show, but that didn't happen until like I was way older, you know? So in growing up in the nineties, that's all we had. I never thought about it like that. That's yeah. crazy. I never so that's why we that. look to America and we're like, okay, yeah, this is where we can go. Because, you know, it's, it's that kind of way where we can like explore cr- creativity and be able to reach the levels of where we want to go. Like there's like, there's like a, you know, like there's a ceiling where you can go to a certain point and it's like, that's it, you know, unless they let right, one right, person right. through, like, it's just like, it's very tokenism. So it's like, they have the token black people who they will specifically have in everything. You'll just see them like one right. breaks through and that's it they'll just be happy. Oh yeah, that person's acceptable. Let's it's interesting that. when you compare the glass ceilings with US, the US industry, mm-hmm. the black industry in the US mm-hmm. and the black and the industry for you guys in the UK, mm-hmm. that's interesting. But I, but I, one thing I've noticed with mm-hmm. you guys when it comes to your actors, it's not stigmatized mm-hmm. like it is in America sometimes. I mean, in America, you know, a lot of our actors are known as celebrities, but over there, I feel like actors are like champion, like it's a noble job. Like you guys have such a rich history in terms of theater, yeah. which I think that's what the industry looks at. And so mm-hmm. naturally when a UK actor goes, comes up for an mm-hmm. audition, they tend to lean more to their interpretation of the American experience versus mm-hmm. an American's interpretation yeah. of an yeah. American experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's why it's, yeah, I think that's why it's important for people to know like people really do study the craft like I know I put in years of yeah taking acting classes even this summer like I took courses like mm-hmm. you know it's it's not a it's not a hobby it's not a you know let me just try this out and say some lines you mm-hmm. know but 
but yeah but that's I, I totally get it. It's it's it's, it's very interesting, and it's it's I hate I kind of I do kind of hate that there's this kind of like back and forth because it's like it's divisive and it it, it yeah, doesn't, it's distracting doesn't need to happen. Sure. It's distracting, but I mean, yeah. But we'll move on, and everyone's yeah, going to yeah, continue yeah. because we're with Black Lives Matter at the peak of it last year. It's so globally as well that's like right, it has right. been a lot of change here like just before I came and talked to you like I was talking to a director I'm working with and like she just finished a big job out in Morocco and now there's more calls like like for her to be able to direct more shows and stuff like that so it's like ah, okay. they're now seeing it but at the same time it's like I'm saying to everyone grab any opportunity as you can because at the same time like loads of people who are writers and stuff for example had loads of meetings with agents production companies at the height of george floyd's murder last year and then yeah then they went ghost they didn't contact them again so it's like yeah right. so it's very um what's the word performative so yeah, yeah, so yeah that's, exactly that's also the thing as well because you know how things are it's very of trend so like like you're saying with loads right, of black right. boys out there killing it daniel's clue is he's won the oscar so he's a whole nother league right but again it's a trend so it's like okay wow they're seeing all these brits so your point could be that they're just going for the brits because you know they're it's new it's fresh it's different then our tr- right. it could be over we could probably not book anything for years because oh they're tired of the, the black brits now they want to move on to something else and that's what i've seen with the industry it comes in waves like you know they'll love a lapita nyongo then it's a zendaya they want to make the big star do you get what i'm saying so. yeah but yeah but it's important to like not even give them that type of power you know what i, I mean agree. like yeah the, the people like mm-hmm. like who are the ones to say you know this person's in, this person's not in. I mean, I know it's a real thing, but mm-hmm. I think it's important to not acknowledge it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, sense. yeah it's like being independent-minded, kind of. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, that makes sense. So before we started, we were talking about your film Greed and stuff, and, you know, it had a tumultuous time, we'll say that, with it. Yeah. Um, what, <laughs> what would you say you've learned from that experience you know, directing and producing someone else's work and what, how would you take from what you've learned into your next project and what you do from now on? I will only produce and direct content that I've written is what I took from it. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I have like such a great chemistry with that writer. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really highlighted my like my leadership skills. I, I mean, at least highlighted what I needed to work in. Cause when I was on set for Greed, I was nervous as a motherfucker. Like, even even there, there was a point where I was gonna ask everybody, "Hey, you guys want to take five minutes to, you know, for a break?" I I said it so low with so like with no confidence. Like people just like kept talking over me. It was just like, cause I was so out of my element. Like acting is what I'm confident in. But but you know, it's a learning experience. I did it because I wanted to see what I needed to work on and get better and you know, evolve as a creative. Um, but one thing I would say I'm confident in when it comes to be, being behind the scenes, especially as a director, is communicating with the actor because as you know, like acting is what I do. So that was the thing that I went into it that gave me confidence to know I could do the job when it came to that specific thing. But um, yeah, I, I guess knowing and knowing how to delegate, you yeah. know, knowing how to choose the right people to be in the same room, you know, it's, it's kind of like being a GM or a coach, you know, like you might not pick 
players who are the most talented, but you're going to pick the players who complement each other the yeah. best. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just having an eye for talent and, and um, yeah, having an eye for, to know which the type of people that you need and not asking anybody to do something that you wouldn't do. That's always been kind of like my model too whenever I'm in a leadership position. So, and, you know, I'm still growing as a, as a, as a producer, as a filmmaker, as a writer. So I'm, I'm not completely there yet. That's good. I think it's great that you've kind of, you've learned from that experience in that way. Um, I think- it, First short film too, first short films. I was, yeah, not yeah. to cut you off. No, no, it's fine. Um, I think that was good that you did learn from that experience because it is good for you to know how to then just focus on your own stuff so you know how to write, produce, direct and stuff like that. Definitely do it first because right. I did the same thing. It wasn't, I didn't have that experience in terms of like, you know, horror experience like that, but <laughs> I, I did it because I couldn't afford to pay anybody. I didn't, I wasn't in that position to be able to free up my roles and delegate. I was like, okay, well, I can produce, I can... Yeah, I can shoot, I can do what I can yeah. do with my camera and I can direct and I can get actors, I can do all of that stuff. I made sure that I wrote scripts which were easy to get done in one day. So it worked within my budget and stuff like that. And then yeah, I was actually. able to grow like that. But I feel like you will be able to learn as you kind of continue to work with new people and people you like. And it's about, you know, building that rapport and vibe and stuff like that. And always finding people who have that same work ethic as you because that yeah. is to find and, and i think paying people <laughs> also <laughs> helps you know what i mean because when people work for free you you don't get the best work at the all. and you know it was my first short mm -hmm. film so was, so a lot of it was just yeah, yeah. hey you know help me out blah 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 but next short for sure i'm paying people so yeah. they, i'm yeah. they're gonna get paid well yeah. So if I yell at them, I have a reason to yell at them because they're getting. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand that you cannot be polite. You cannot be. Yeah, not polite. yeah, bro. That no. was the biggest thing for me because I'm such a like I'm an empath naturally, mm -hmm. right? Okay. I mean, I'm getting better at like letting letting that go and having boundaries, but you can't be afraid to like tell people what to do. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It, that's really what the position is when you're producing a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And so that was what it made me realize. Like, because the minute you're at, you act nice, somebody's just going to feel comfortable just half assing the work. Mm -hmm. So you really got to get in their face mm -hmm. and, yeah, you know, yeah. I totally make sure that happen. Yeah, because when I started doing it like with a web series I did called uh, Nate and Jamie, um, yeah, I had to pull like mentees who I was mentoring and like who wanted to gain more experience. So they were able to shoot and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I was able to get them for free because they wanted to learn and grow. So it was just pure collaboration with the actors as well. But yeah, when they were late, when the lead actors were just strolling in late, you know, I had to just yeah, get that ass. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah, you say, I say that, but that's a lie. That's a lie because I'm a very shady yeah. person. So they got it. My, you know, like oh, okay. your safety on your gun, it was off. But they know it was all okay. love. <laughs> Not really. Right. Well, I mean, as long as, as long as there's respect for sure. Yeah, nah, I yeah, get you. yeah. Of course, I, I wasn't you, dogging man. them out or anything. But at the yeah. same time, it's like you know, I can't really be too upset or anything. I'll just make light fun of it. You know, you know, do a little playful banter. But that was it. Right. 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 I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. I know what so, you mean. So That's my approach as well, too. Yeah. That's my approach as well, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I feel like with over time, I feel like you will, like, for example it feels like the person you did work with, with the issues you did face, it felt like it was just their lack of experience. And what I mean- Oh yeah. Yeah, because for sure. like- For sure. 
some because I'm a freelance producer, so the projects I then to I tend to work on is like okay, if I'm working with a writer and she's come to me about her project. So for example, I did a project called Talia Verses, right? Uh, that's a web yeah. series, and she came to me, the writer, as yeah, as a writer. So she wanted me to exec produce it, right? So she also ended up directing it and co-directing it with somebody else. So she was able to know that she could leave faith with me to be able to produce it well and then handle distribution and do what I need to do with it. But at the same time, she wasn't like nervous about, whoa, okay, if you're gonna, what are you doing? Why are you taking so much control? Or right, why right. That's where you pull out the contracts. Yeah, if it wasn't for me. Yeah, right. She had the lead actress who's amazing and was perfect for the role. Exactly. And because of my reputation, she was smart to get people like me on board because of my reputation. Loads of people right. came on board because they wanted to work with me. And it's like, well, look, this is a great project. That's how you're able to do it. If you're working with somebody who is a writer and they want to be able to not have creative control, but be able to still be, have that input they would have said okay I want to be exec producer and I still want to be overseeing everything what you're doing and be able to work with you so then when I work do stuff like I said as a creative producer they know I'm in charge so they report right. back to me and then so it's like okay cool that's how we work together to be able to get it together as a collaboration but you're still getting paid if that makes sense and that's yeah exactly that makes complete sense and that's the key it's like being educated and knowing what each title calls for yeah Mm-hmm. you know like i you know you could you could google that you know what i'm saying so so when people are not doing the work it's like all right i already see what's going on but mm-hmm. exactly yeah and i think it's good that you had that experience so early in your career and why i say that is because you'll be able to pick up on size on who not to work with so you've dealt with somebody who doesn't understand the industry and because we in this industry you're always going to have people ah oh, bro i write you know and i've got this right, and right, got right. that and it's like that's cool, but let me put you to this person because I haven't got time to deal with this because you're going to give me... Right, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not an ego thing. It's just, nah. you know, mm-hmm. bro, like, you know, I'm, people are trying to do this for a living. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and exactly. I, I think the biggest thing about this industry, momentum is everything. Yeah. And you don't want to, like, kill that shit because no. you got the wrong person in your circle or they don't understand or they don't understand how you pushing the project to this specific festival can help everybody else, but because they're in their feeling, feelings mm-hmm. and they have an ego, mm-hmm. they keep that from happening, you know, et cetera. So it's, it's important. Yeah, it is, it is. And that it's always about with this industry, as you know, it's always about learning as you go and learning as you grow as a, as a, as a filmmaker and you be able to develop your style and your aesthetic but then also the type of people you want to work with because it's always yeah. about who you know not what you know and then and that's how you kind of move forward as a solid team and that's the only way projects for me in my opinion have been successful that's when people let's say if you are working on a limited budget that's when people you know will do things for a favor they will you know be able to take a lower rate or they'll be able to like okay yeah, right. sure, you know i can Cred- pay credibility you. man it's credibility yeah, yeah exactly credibility. And still and because everyone's passionate about what they're doing they want it to be amazing because at the end of the day everyone's name's going to be on the project as well so, exactly yeah. exactly that's cool that's good that's good yeah that that sounds good so I mean so what's what next in terms of I know you're writing but then what are you doing next to like with your acting and stuff like that like what have you been progressively doing during this whole like COVID time and stuff like that to get to where you are for your new goals and stuff 
so during COVID, like it, it, it gave me the first opportunity to really take in what my life would be like if I was a full-time artist because I didn't have the odd job anymore to go to. So like it, I had to get on my P's and Q's okay. type of thing. So it, so I've been writing a, a few shorts. I've submitted them to a few uh, competitions. I mainly submit them though, just to get feedback because I don't know too many people in the industry like that. So me paying like $75 for a competition is worth it because at least I'm gonna get like four pages of feedback and that will make a difference in my writing style and me growing as a, a storyteller. So I've been doing that. I just came from a two week program where, like I said before, we were uh, in Green, Greenport, uh, Long Island, where you got like a, a, a group of filmmakers, a group of actors, and we all did 26 short films. I was in two of them. I'm going to release them via Vimeo next week. So that should be on my social media. Yeah. You know, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm really excited about the short film that I, I just finished writing. That I'm a crowdfund for. Yeah. That's giving me all types of anxiety, bro. I, I, I hate I asking did. people for money. I just did I it. I hate. And it was hell. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna actually the prep work for that is crazy. But go ahead. I'm gonna do an episode on it solo, like a solo episode about crowdfunding and how it was hell, <laughs> and yeah. I'll never do it again. So good luck. Oh really? Don't do it on Kickstarter. That's what I'm gonna say. Don't do it on Kickstarter. Oh, like... I'm, I was gonna do Seed and Spark. Oh, not heard of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Where, choose one where you make sure you still get the money even if you don't reach your goal just right in, right indiegogo go find me there's another one called the i don't know if it's available in the u.s but i think it's called the green lit fund i don't know if that's available in the u.s but check it out okay and, yeah but that's, that's like one of the worst and the best things about this industry you have to rely on people yeah. i'm such a like Sometimes I have that Michael Jordan mentality where it's just like, give me the fucking ball, everybody get the fuck out the way. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Let me do my thing. But in this industry, you really have to depend on people. That, yeah. Yeah, man. Having to ask people for money is not my thing, right? Mm -hmm. To be honest. Like, it's but like, we'll see. We'll see. How it's much it's definitely prep work. How much are you trying to plan? So for? I was saying 6,000. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's a good amount. For what? How long yeah. is the short? How long is it? The short film is 20 minutes. Whoa. Okay. I so, said this will be good for the listeners to hear. So, how? Because <laughs> she was like, uh, "You might have to bump that up. You think I should bump? Think I should bump it up?" Well, I mean, look, I'm a producer. I, so. I got a camera. I got I got my Black Magic. Okay, that's nice. That's um, nice. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. We, so, we, like, hey. how many? How many scenes are there? And how many? No, not how many scenes. How many locations are there? And how many actors? All right, bro. There's a lot of actors. There's, there's, um, shit, and you put me on the spot right now. Um, one, say eight. Okay, and location. Eight actors. Location. We got a few outdoors, so we got a car, office, uh, bedroom. Say four. Okay, four. And how many days are you intending to shoot as well? I haven't, I haven't mapped that out yet. You need to map that out. Yeah, I haven't mapped that out. I haven't that out yet. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk to you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna ask you for some 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 advice for sure. But I, I haven't mapped yeah. out. Yeah, the way how I budget, 
the way how I budget is that what I do is once I have the script and stuff, I do a schedule, a mock schedule of how I'm going to shoot it. So then I know how many days I'm going to need crew, actors, whatever for that right, right. day. So I'm able to know how to budget and stuff. So when you're incorporating hair, makeup, wardrobe, set design, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm still in the beginning of the pre-production, mm-hmm. but I feel you. I, I, I still got to do like the mm-hmm. table read just to hear yeah. the script out loud. So it's just that, even that is, mm-hmm. is going to be a process yeah, yeah. and so, storyboarding. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. yeah. So, yeah, so just do a little bit more prep because, you know, I'm thinking maybe six to 10. <clears throat> I was, you know, what's funny. I was thinking, um, so, so eight initially was my thing, but you know how, how it is in this industry. You talk to one filmmaker who's crowdfunded mm-hmm. and he's telling you, oh, oh, you don't need that much money. You, oh man, you could, you could just do that with 6,000. <laughs> so I'm just like, what the fuck? So mm-hmm. well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a do the, my, my due diligence and do all the work and okay. really settle on the number for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But definitely six to 10, you're going to, I think you're probably going to have to come back on the show. And then just like update and, and tell you the updates. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be tight. I feel like that was I'll be tight. <laughs> make this make this into a vlog for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, it was good. Definitely great having you on the show, Thomas. I feel like we had a. Oh damn, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, you got nah, this to say. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I'm good. I'm good, say. man. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for having me on, man. No, it was good. It was good. So where can people find you or to check you out and like the new stuff you've got coming up in terms of like the two films coming out of Vimeo and to like support your campaign and stuff like that when it launches? IG is the main source. So it's Thomas.Duvernay, D-U-V-E-R-N-E. Nice. And, and, and that's the link. That's the name. Nice. Well, good. Well, thanks yeah. again for coming on. Like I said to you before, like I was planning to come to New York again. COVID hit, stopped that. I was literally supposed to come like three times last year. I was going to hit you guys up. All the US contacts I made were like, yeah, let's catch up. Cool, man. Get all my Brits and all that. No stuff. problem. Ho- hopefully, this ends the UK American beef. Yeah. I'm just trying to spread peace out there. You know, we, yeah. we don't need a East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe like across the pond beef, you know. But yeah, man, we yeah. don't need that. We don't nah, need nah. that. It's man. all love. It's all... To... Yeah, it's all love, man. <laughs> I'm, shit, I'm, I'm even planning on going to UK and trying to, you know, take some jobs away from y'all too, you know, just oh, to even oh. this thing out. We, we love you guys in our stuff we want you we want you to come listen you 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 love like if you come london i'll show you brixton i'll show you all these places you'll love it because brixton's a lot oh, like cool. harlem as well oh, so, yeah, yeah yeah it's a lot like harlem right. so, like- so that's south london right yeah yeah oh well look all at right because 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 i listen to grime i felt the grime oh, so okay, like okay. skepta and stormzy so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be hearing the, the the references i'm oh, just like all right so that's yeah. got to be south south but yeah. yeah yeah so yeah come over you'll see you'll see all our industry and stuff like that all these dope creators so yeah so that's cool so thanks again guys for listening you can follow me all on socials at the kashif booth podcast kashif booth entertainment or kashif booth and stay tuned for new episodes coming soon